Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Mary, uh, this is not Mary Lou Lemachek. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Lemachek. And we are continuing uh, unpacking an article in the recent March 2022 edition of Renewal Ministries, written by our friend Peter Herbeck. Renew Ministries is an evangelization, Catholic evangelization outfit out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. It goes all over the world. And Peter has some good things to say um, in this newsletter that give us hope, I think, about the current times. Like we said last time, this article uh, takes its inspiration from the words of Frodo to Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings, um, realizing the daunting task that he's been given to take the ring of power into Mordor to get it melted down and destroyed. And, and he's really the least of his whole fellowship, or at least he looks at himself that way. I think he will be revendicated, you know, at the end that he does have heroic qualities, right? Like we all do. I guess the whole point that Tolkien is making is that if we just step up to the plate and we, in the fight against evil and we rely upon the Lord, we too will, will be shown to have secret, um, secret superpowers, you know, which is what one of the main points of the Lord of the Rings is, you know, you don't necessarily have superpowers, but your superpowers are your unselfishness and your love and your wanting to serve and, you know, all, all the good qualities, all the virtues, right? You know, at my office, I have this little thing that is up on a board that I can see and it says, do not feel totally, personally, irrevocably responsible for everything. That's my job. Love God. Amen. Amen. And that's job. Yeah. Job. <laughs> God's job is to worry about it. It's not our job. Some people think that's their, their job. Well, You know how you carry the burdens of the world around oh, yeah. with you and people are doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're, they're out of control. They're just, they're suffering unnecessarily. So Frodo asked Gandalf, I wish this need not have happened in my time. And Gandalf answers, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide, right? I mean, you know, right. we can't decide when we're going to be born. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that's given us. And so in the first last show, we were talking about what will we do with the times that we have been given. And we've been given some pretty rough times, but, you know, a lot of other people have been given even rougher times. You know, I mean, imagine being in a coastal village in Ireland while the Vikings were raiding every 10 minutes. I think I would pick the pandemic over that. I'm sorry. Or whether a country did come in and take over and take your land, take your language, take Mm -hmm. your religion away from you, your whole identity. That's what Mm -hmm. the Irish experienced for Mm -hmm. many years. Mm -hmm. So, so worst, worst things have happened, I guess, you know, than what we're going through, even though we, we are going through political, social, medical, cultural, and spiritual upheaval. uh, We, and we wish it hadn't happened, but you know what? The worst things have happened in human histories. And not only that, the Lord has prepared us as Christians for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and has warned us of the difficult times ahead. I'm speaking about the prophetic words that we received that we have actually talked about on this show uh, through Ralph Martin and Father Mike Scanlon in the end of the mid-70s and beginning of the 80s, and also of the prophetic words of the magisterial, um, you know, coming from popes, preparing us for difficult times ahead, including the section in the Catechism 672, which speaks about the the fact that we now are living in the last hour, the period of history between the two comings of Christ. 
It is a time of the church and it is a time of spirit and witness, spirit and witness. So we can only witness if we are spirit filled. We can only give testimony if we have something to give testimony about, you know, I mean, the, the amazing power of the Holy Spirit through those who say yes to the Lord. So we're, we're living as the Lord's disciples in this time period, born again by water and the spirit and called to be witnesses to the Lordship and majesty of Jesus. I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, they're not Catholic and they were saying, well, I don't know if I need to have my child baptized, you know, well, what is that all about? I'm like, well, you know, if you want to be born of water and the spirit, like, like Jesus says, and like it says in the Acts of the Apostles, well, yeah, you kind of need to, you need to have your family baptized, you know, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's one way that you get equipped, right? Right. Well, you know, when you talked about the prophecies, you know, it's there. You know, I, the direction is on on a time of judgment and purification for us, which should not be unexpected. The way <laughs> the culture has gone. So, you know, what are we to do about this? And I love what he says. He says, but these are not only hard days. They are also privileged moments. It is a gift to see and understand what the Lord is doing. It enables us to join him, take our place in this great battle, draw near to him, receive our marching orders from him and follow his leadership courageously and joyfully. He has given each one of us assignments. The captain of the armies of heaven has deployed each one of us in our marriage family, neighborhood, friendship, businesses, parishes, and cities. We've all been called and equipped by the Lord to bear fruit in this season, fruit that will last. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we're searching for to try Mm -hmm. to find that fruit in this confusion that Mm -hmm. we're experiencing right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our marching orders were given to us, even in a prophetic sense, um, during the Second Vatican Council uh, through the decree of the laity. The decree of the laity says that the, the role of the laity is to penetrate and perfect and sanctify and evangelize the temporal order. The temporal order is everyday life. You know, it's the grocery store, it's work, it's, you know, selling houses, it's going to court, it's, you know, operating, it's, that's life. You know, it's raising a family according to the law of the Lord, you know. Those are all ways in which we can be excellent and we can sanctify, evangelize, penetrate and perfect the temporal order. So, you know, after the, after the second Vatican council, you know, instead of, oh, the priest will take care of this. That's right. We'll take care of this. No. What came out of that council is that we are called Mm -hmm. to go out on mission. Mm -hmm. We are equipped. It is up to the laity to do this. And it's taken, gosh, years and years and years for that to really penetrate. But that's what we're called to do now. Mm-hmm. And, and if we do that, then, you know, great fruit will come from it. That's right. It, it, that's the universal call to mission that came out and the universal call to holiness that came out of Vatican II. So many good things came out of Vatican II. How it was interpreted perhaps could have been better. But, you know, it always takes 40, 50, 60 years for the dictates of a council to shake out properly, you know. So right. we're only now hitting that mark. And I think that in many ways, uh, we have uh, taken those lessons to heart. And, you know, another thing is, I, I, I think this is a time where people are coming back to believe that there is true evil, that there is a devil, mm-hmm. that there is evil. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, people have kind of put that aside, like, oh, yeah, well, not really. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. God is good. God is merciful. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. Well, guess what? 
the world is causing us to worry about some of this other stuff right now. Well, I think in the pandemic alone, well, I mean, okay, in our days right now, in March of tw- the year 2022, we are witnessing the bullying, really, the it's very much out of the scriptures. It's like yanked out of the scriptures, you know, the invasion of a sovereign nation by another sovereign nation just because they can, just because they can, for some silly reasons, I'm sorry, the reasons are not valid, to kill people in their own nation. And it's just, it's basically... It's basically, it's like the bigger, the bigger guy is saying to the little guy, knuckle, knuckle down. I'm taking your lunch money right now. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, if that's not a manifestation of evil, I don't know what is. It's too bad that um, the invasion is, uh, is being supported in certain quarters by church members in the Russian Orthodox Church who seem to be inextricably tied to the leader of, uh, of Russia. But you know, and because of that, they're, they're bleeding members, unfortunately. Right. But that's just, to me, just an illustration of when you have a national church, you're in bed with that nation for, for good or for evil. You do not have the independence of the Catholic church, which is above nationalities, right? So the right. minute there was a schism from Rome and allegiance to the Holy Father in Rome, you had uh, you had the Russian Orthodox Church and you had the, the Byzantine Orthodox Church and you had the the, um, the, the the Greek Orthodox Church and the Bulgarian Orthodox Church and the Armenian. And Ukrainian. You know, and the Ukraine. I mean, you know, you become balkanized, basically. You become so fractured and you owe your allegiance to each nation sort of thing. So when the nation does something horrendous, what do you do? And that, I think, that is what the, the Russian Orthodox guys are, are in trouble right now. But that's not kind of not what we're talking about. That was just a little bit of an aside as our current <laughs> times that are that are not good times, right? There's certainly not good times if you live in the Ukraine, right? So, but one of the the points that Peter Herbeck is making in this letter, that these are times of purification. They're times of purification, I think, for government and also for the church. Um, And it's it's using the words of the prophecy of Ralph Martin in 1975. It's a time of evangelism that the world has never seen. And you know what? We don't hear about it a lot, but I'm hearing, uh, I follow a lot of people on Instagram and I read a lot of stuff and I'm seeing whole arenas of Muslim people being converted. We don't hear about that kind of stuff. You know, Leif Hetland is doing amazing work in uh, Pakistan and, and beyond just admission to Muslim, which seems like such a politically incorrect thing to say, but we are seeing also droves of Jewish people being converted to the Messiah. Many Anglicans coming into the Catholic church. Absolutely. That's two bishops recently. No, four, but I'm more excited about uh, Muslims and Jews coming into the Christian faith than I am about Anglicans who are Catholic almost anyway, you know, um, yeah, it's great. Welcome, brothers. We love you. You know, I, th- I know three of them got ordained to the priesthood as well. So I think that's great. But the point is this. We're seeing a time of evangelism such as the world has never seen. That's my point. As such as that it lines up with this prophetic word that Ralph gave in 1975. So I think we're already seeing that, even if it's not reported in the news. Just keep your ears open, Right. Let's see. There is a reason why Satan is playing so much of his hand in this battle, why he seems to be pulling out all the stops 
And, and, you know, what are we seeing? Deconstructing human nature itself, human identity, the family, and the church with such tenacity. Mm. I think he can sense his days are marked and that the Lord, he, well, we know that, right? We've read right. the book of Revelation, right? And that the Lord has something very, very big in store for the world and his people. Now, whether we, you and I live to see it or not, that's irrelevant. God's plans are his own. And we're here to be his hands and his feet and his heart, right? And his, and his mouth to speak his words, etc. I think that's exciting. I think that uh, Satan wants to steal this privileged moment, as Peter says, by leading us to live in fear to giving into discouragement, despair, anger, and even taking offense at what God is permitting. Taking offense. Now, Mary Lou, how many people do you know who are permanently with their hair on fire because Pope Francis said this, or Pope Francis said that, or Bishop so-and-so said this, or Bishop so-and-so said that? You know, we're in the weeds on all of it. You know, taking offense is never the answer. Mm -hmm. Taking offense is never the answer. There's, I want to point everybody to a very uh, measured um, interview that Ralph Martin gave Pete Burak that you can find in the Renewal Ministries YouTube channel uh, last week about how to face all the, the, the perplexing stuff that's happening in the church, you know, the contradictory teachings and all that stuff. And I thought it was so measured and so charitable and so loving and, and yet so clear and how we need to face these things. But I think the point is, don't take offense. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to instruct, to provide the truth to people, um, to help clarify things that they don't understand. Um, that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're not to, called to judge or anything. We're called, you know, if we see something wrong, go fix it. That's right. So I think that's important. I think that don't let him steal what God is doing. And I think through the pandemic, we have allowed the mm-hmm. evil one to steal peace and to steal you know, um, to give us a fear for the future, a fear for our loved ones. I just cannot shake that dismayed, distressed feeling I get when I think about all the poor people in nursing homes who were just isolated and shut down from the first day and never got to see anybody ever again, except for maybe waving from the window, you know, to their children or their grandchildren and whatever, because, quote, they were being, quote, kept safe. But by being kept safe, they were excising out of these people's lives, all the things that made life worth living. Exactly. As I told my children, if this ever happens to me, I would rather die. I would rather die. I would rather catch the virus and die and still see you and be with you than be somewhere else because, and be quote, kept safe. Now, I'm sure that statement could be nuanced in many ways. You have to be sensible. You have to be responsible. And I I get all that. But this thing about how we had to shut down all the elderly in order to, quote, protect them. And uh, I, you know, I had, did anybody ask the elderly that were living there what they thought of not seeing their families for two years? It's, it's, it was catastrophic on so many levels and in families and with the, you know, young people that were isolated from their friends, from being in a community with a, you know, in, in school with their fellow students and everything. We're seeing all the repercussions of this and the mental illness that it's causing, the depression, et cetera. You know, if the worst thing that happens that we die, really? Is that the mm-hmm. worst thing? Because mm-hmm. where are we going? Mm-hmm. Home. 
-hmm. You know, we don't want to leave our family. Certainly we want to take precautions, but what has happened, especially Lavinia, when the church is closed down, mm-hmm. is that being, you know, such a terrible place uh, to, to go to for fear out of fear when you could go to the liquor store and the strip clubs. Yeah. And yeah. the bars and Walmart. And you could go and get Costco. an abortion too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They I were mean, all yeah. essential. The but church you know wasn't essential. Come on. But are we, are we, I mean, are we surprised? That no. the secular world is secular. No. That they don't put a premium on worship. And it, 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 the thing that happened during the pandemic is that they came out and were obvious about it. Whereas before they were still trying to appease people, you know, but yeah. then it's like the chips were down and they were like, ah, oh, enough of the silliness. We're just going to, you know, shut you all down because it doesn't matter anyway. Right. Right. What an opportunity. And you know what? People. They, they did what they had, you know, they did what they thought they had to do and God will judge them. And that's, you know. That's the way it goes, right? The only way we can lose the battle is to quit. I think that's important, right? I mean, the way, the only way to lose any battle, I think, is to just give up and to quit. And that's why the apostles remind us that we are to be faithful. This is a time to be a witness. This is a time to be uh, deeply uh, entrenched in the Holy Spirit and to endure anything and everything that comes our way patiently. Now, yes, I'm one for enduring, yes, but I'm also one for complaining, right? Oh, I can't believe, you know, one of the main points that is made to us through the book, our study of the book of Psalms, is that one of the main reasons that Israel got in trouble wasn't because they were killing people. It was because they were complaining. It was they were complaining and they were grumbling and they were complaining and they were grumbling. Lack of trust in God. Complaining. You would think. Oh, I kept you in the desert for 40 years because you all were killing people. You were sacrificing your children. You were doing awful stuff. You know, you were blah, blah, blah. You're worshiping, you know, but no, the main reason that they stayed in the desert for 40 years is because they complained because they grumbled. You know, what kind of a lesson is that for us? You know, I think, yes, enduring is good, but we need to endure with the right spirit, right? Without taking offense and without, complaining. He quotes uh, 2 Timothy 4, the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Well, do we, Duh. have we seen that today? Yes. Instead to suit their own desires, feelings, emotions, the trend, the fashion, the thought police, whatever, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Isn't that the truth? They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist and discharge, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Isn't that, those are good marching orders for us, right? Right. So we're not to isolate ourselves. We're, we're to be out there in that battle. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're to figure out what our role is what God wants us to do and get out there and do it without fear. In Peter's words, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship and fulfill your duties in the Lord. And how can we do this by the presence and power of the Holy spirit that has been given to us? Let's draw strength from the Lord. Remember who we are and lean into his promises, lean into what we see the father doing. I think that's so important that we just need to just remember where the real battle is. The battle is in the spiritual is a spiritual battle in the high places. You know, I pray for wisdom and knowledge and prudence every day. Amen. 
right? Let's pray for one another. Let's pray that St. Paul's prayer becomes a living reality in each one of our lives so that we will have the strength that we need each day, one day at a time. And so that we will have the wisdom to know in the words of Gandalf to Frodo, what to do with the times that have been given us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.